Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Welcome, everyone. I'm back. I'm Cody Gesser. I'm the worship pastor. You don't have to just listen to Brian this time, (laughs) even though I did enjoy it. I went back and listened, and it was really helpful just to kind of hear you reflect on the message and yeah, so appreciate yeah. you doing that last week. And yeah, for sure, for sure. But we're back to the duo yes. for this week. Conversation, um, <laughs> dialogue. If you, if you weren't here, <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> Did you like do it in front of a mirror? I was I was talking to myself <laughs> in the computer. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So this past weekend we had baptisms, and yeah. it was really cool. We had oh, a total so of eight, right? Uh, seven. Seven. Yep, seven, yep. Okay. Yep. It was kind yeah. of a mixture of young and old. And right, right. And we, just to say it, we have a number of other people who expressed interest in being baptized mm-hmm. who, one reason or another, just weren't able to, to be there Sunday. So, like, we've got more coming. So, like, yeah, it's so cool. God's God's yeah. moving. God's it's working. It's always a good thing when you're not, like, trying to put, you know, like, yeah, you're pushing yeah. for them, but not in the sense of people are, yeah, you know, yeah. responding yeah. without being asked. So, yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And I appreciated how you kind of gave a moment to, into each of their lives and the interaction you had with them and what mm-hmm. they were saying yes to that morning. And um, yeah, it was it was a cool morning. Yeah. Yep. And it, it was a privilege for me too, for all those who were baptized, like just getting to hear their story. And, and there was such variety in their backgrounds and what they've experienced. And um, man, God just meets people in so many different ways. And it's it's really fun to, to just get to witness that in such an acute kind of way. So, yeah. Oh, so fun. And we have to be good about asking for that. Yeah. Too, with yeah. our community and church people. I think sometimes we talk very, mm-hmm. you know, about what's happening to you now, what's going on, mm-hmm. but like, hey, what is your story? Yeah, and, yeah. And for the other side, for us to be prepared to share that. Yeah, well. true. It's, it's a good thing to, I know I've given my testimony a few times and you find something a little bit different each mm-hmm. time that God is working in it and just being prepared to be able to do that, it's important. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I know that's one thing. Kirk Bodie, who's preached for us, he's been on this podcast. He he's great about this. Always asking, like, you know, how what's your story? Do you know uh, what you would give your story or your elevator speech or something like that? Mm-hmm. He's he he's an advocate for that, and it's so good. It's so good. Absolutely. This uh, past weekend, we kind of took a pause a little bit. If you want to explain, kind of, yeah, what the thought process was there. Yeah. So with with baptisms and and you know we had a number of people getting baptized. We just wanted to pay attention and give that priority. While at the same time, connecting it to our series, so we didn't continue in the flow of the letter. We didn't keep tracing what Paul's trying to present and argue there. But he does reference baptism in one of the verses, and so it's like, all right, let's let's preach on that and connect it to what. Paul's trying to communicate. So yeah, we, we slowed down, kind of paused from the flow so that we could give attention to baptism, but still we're in the, in the context of Colossians, which is pretty great. So yeah. Such an awesome job of putting it towards the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was really eye opening and recognizing like we too are coming to life with, with Christ as he was resurrected. And you said you had a little bit of reformed background yeah. with the school. Yes, yeah. To. So I uh, grew up in a Methodist church and, and how it was practiced was a little more simple and low church, if you know that that terminology. Um, and so, yeah, I I knew a bit of what baptism was. And, and, and of course, I knew just kind of growing up through it. But going to undergrad, um, I went, went to Calvin College, and that's where I got my bachelor's degree. And that's a um, Christian Reformed school. So it's a Christian school tied to the, the Christian Reformed church. Um, and so I, I had some awareness of, 
you know, those kinds of denominations on that end of the spectrum or whatever. Um, but there's just a richness in the way they practice church and how they communicate. So I got a lot better appreciation for Reformed theology and for church practice that comes from that. And so um, it, it presented to me a, a richness all across the board, but particularly baptism. I do remember getting just a, a clearer picture of the richness of what baptism means. It's not just like I'm being baptized because I'm supposed to, and it symbolizes Next me. Step, yeah. yeah, it symbolizes me coming to faith. But like the 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 theological picture of immersion and how that's built on context in in the scriptures and and history, but then also the richness that that points to. So the language of reflecting back on your baptism, that's something that I I learned in my time at at Calvin. And um, it it just, it allowed me to see like, oh yeah, baptism isn't just this one-time thing. Oh, I kind of did that. Like, we consistently look back to our baptism and and can we live the baptism kind of life, you know, and, and all that it represents. So just seeing how these things connect in the scriptures and in theology, um, that's that's what I gained from my time there. So I learned a lot and it was super helpful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, loved it. Yeah, we, we uh, benefited from that for sure. Yeah, and sure. And I was able to see baptism in, I don't know, just a different light than usual. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's just such a relational aspect in it that I, I don't feel like I felt as much before. Mm, sure. Um, and you shared that you were sprinkled. Yes. Yes. So again, baby. Methodist. I grew up Methodist. So I was a, baptized as a baby. Um, but then I did. Do you uh, remember being sprinkled? Yes. Yeah. Very clearly. Oh, <laughs> I'll, how it ran down my nose and all that. <laughs> um, yeah. No, actually, I think there is like a like a, maybe like an old a VHS, you know, camcorder video of my baptism or something. I feel like I'd seen that <laughs> at some point. I never <laughs> if I was sprinkled or That's something. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I uh, I was sprinkled as a as a baby, and then I went through the Methodist version of confirmation, and, oh, okay. which is kind of a follow-up sort of thing. Um, and I did that when I was seventh or eighth grade. But then I did choose to get baptized by immersion when I was in high school mm-hmm. um, as a, like, I want to own this myself and as a, realizing that for ministry, if I'm going to step into this, I, I want to make sure that that's not a barrier for anybody. And so anyway, yeah, I was, I was baptized, um, when I was 16 as well, okay. fully immersed, um, kind of thing and mm-hmm. all that. So yeah, I've, I've done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the, there was, some, I had some friends who went through confirmation and, uh, you know, yeah. what is, um, there's a richness to that for mm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I'm sad that I didn't have maybe some more experience, like just intentional learning. Yeah, I think sure. Is really cool about that. Yep. But was what's most of the like theological grounds for that? Yeah. Is it? I would say. Um, I mean, probably different church traditions will capture it differently, and I don't know if I could even articulate the yeah. United Methodist exactly. But from what I recall, it you know we're we're baptized as infants, or many people are, and then going through confirmation is a confirmation of your baptism and the intentional choice that you're making. And so for me, um, you know, a lot of kids my age would go through it, you know, as the class was designed for the seventh or eighth grade or however mm-hmm. old we were. But I, I happened to have been coming to faith around that time. So for me, it actually was a, a real confirmation oh, of, cool. of my faith. Yeah, And I did learn quite a bit. Um, there was um, quite a bit that I had been learning already. And I don't look back on it and like remember it thoroughly enough to say like here's how it's so helpful or all that. But it it was just a time where I could learn 
this is the gospel. This is what Jesus is all about. Learn some theology. Learn about church, and and it just kind of gives you that that broad, you know, essentials mm-hmm. kind of experience, um, and, it, and it was helpful. Um, but I do look back on, on that that season of my life, and it it actually was when I was really coming to faith, um, and actually starting to follow Jesus. So kind of cool that, that that was the case. Yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for um, growing up young in the church and mm-hmm. accepting Jesus into your life at a young age. But there's so many challenges to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. As I've got older, you know, like what did your life look like before Christ? And then after yep. and just making those decisions as a child yeah. looks different than in an adult. Yep. And I think there's interesting significant challenges for kids who came to the faith at a young age without the right framework Mm -hmm. and then dealing with like shame and all those other things like dragged through. And maybe that's a conversation for another time. (laughs) As you process the next thing we talked about having, you have a house and you have these different rooms and Jesus wants to come in and clean it all out. I think as an adult, you could name all those rooms really well. Mm, yes. And then you would yes. allow Jesus to come in your life. But when you're younger, it's this weird progression that doesn't mm-hmm. quite, I don't know. It's its kind of a different, coming into fullness looks different from a young age. And there, I mean, the earlier the better. Like, yeah, at, oh, At the sure. same time, yes. like there's nothing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know exactly what I'm going at. One of the things that strikes me about your comment is, you know, adults, we we grow in our understanding of life. Like there's a maturity that mm-hmm. comes where a kid, yeah, they, they just don't understand certain aspects of life yet. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true of faith. E- you know, maybe even as an adult who uh, we come to faith later in life or whatever, we're, we're almost kind of going through that same kind of process where our faith hasn't matured, where we just really understand the fullness of it yet. I think the same thing for like a child. They just don't know what it's like to to experience mm-hmm. loss or, or to have, you know, significant responsibility to really understand Or like how, the hopelessness without Christ. Oh, yeah, Like sure. when you're going through oh, things man. as an adult and yes. you have nothing to look to yep. and then you're presented with this thing versus being a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. experience is totally different. Yeah, it's like some kids, they just haven't had enough life experience to have felt that. So, um, all that to be said, yeah. sorry to go down that rabbit hole, but sometimes I find myself jealous or envious of people who got saved in their 20s versus yeah. when I was like five years old. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's probably something the Holy Spirit is working on in me. Sure. But just, you know, like this huge, like clean cut and like yeah. everything, yep. you know, changed in that Before moment. and after. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mine is, my hits you talked i'll let you say the parasite thing sure, mine yeah, has yeah. very much felt like that was ripped away right yeah and yes there's still why don't you go ahead and say yeah that yeah so I totally w- that. yeah no we we were talking a little bit before the podcast like an image or an analogy of thinking about sin what happens when we come to faith in jesus when we're saved it's like sin is a parasite in our body and it's infecting our organs and our you know body systems and all that stuff. And so it's got little tendrils that are just kind of getting into every part of us. Jesus comes and he kills that parasite. He, he puts it to death. It's no longer alive, but it's still in there and its tendrils are still affecting things. And so Jesus is taking that parasite out and taking all of its different tendrils, little by little, getting it cleaned out of our body. So that infection, it slowly is being removed, but... It no longer has power. It's dead. It, it's it's not gonna in, 
like make more change or whatever. It's it's but it's just removing all the the junk that it that it had kind of produced. And so that's the image. Just I, and I can't remember where exactly I heard that for the first time, but I've I've latched onto that. I think that's a good image of of what sin is. You know, it's not the essence of who we are. Sin mars us. It, it affects us, but it's not who we are. And so taking it out, it's it's as we're getting it cleaned out of our body, cleaned out of the house, if you will, we're becoming more and more who we are meant to be mm-hmm. and at our, at our core, who we are. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's the analogy. That's the image that's been helpful for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, and how that manifests to me is you talked about the house and mm-hmm. you have different rooms mm-hmm. and what room are you not allowing Jesus to come in and clean? Like the concept yeah. is let Jesus come and clean the whole house. Yes. And yep. That was a fascinating way yeah. to look at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we as we talked a bit, like you could go so many ways. It's like, <laughs> okay, what room of the house is it? Yeah, is it like yeah. the very, very back bedroom? Yeah. Or yeah. is it just maybe just a closet in the mm-hmm, back bedroom? Mm-hmm. Or the it's reality my garage. Is like, it's my, like, <laughs> or does it start out as like a room and it's Ooh. slowly expanding into other rooms? <laughs> like, I mean, there's lots of, it's yeah. a really great way to imagine mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't know. I was just really appreciative. But I like to think that it's probably like, Maybe it's the attic or something. It's just the attic, yeah. <laughs> you never go up there anyway, yeah, right? That's right. You don't want to see anything That's up right. there. I mean, it's not really finished. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I guess mm. my question is, how do we diagnose if we if we have this room? And mm. then, like, yep. are we locking this room? Are we trying mm-hmm. to pretend it's not there? I joked with you, like, yeah. did somebody drywall over a doorway? And, like, <laughs> right. Jesus is like, it's I'm hidden pretty room. sure there's a room back there. <laughs> Um, yeah. So how do we know? And then what's some spaces you think that a lot of times people are trying to hide? Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I do think sometimes we know that we've got that room Mm -hmm. and, and it's conscious. It's very like, we're intentionally kind of trying to, uh, divert attention away from it, keep it locked Mm -hmm. and all that. And, and those are probably like, the kinds of sins in our life that we're we're trying to cover up. We, mm. we we know we're doing it. We're doing it in in secret and in hiding it from people. You know, trying to keep it away from our close friends or our family, whatever. It's that that's that's the one level I think of conscious. We're locking the door and we're trying to put a wall or, or plants in front of it. No, nah, don't look over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are probably some that um, are more like maybe like the attic. It's kind of scary. It's there, but we don't know what's in there, and we kind of don't want to go up the stairs. Like you know, I think about a little kid or whatever. It's like, oh, that part of the house I just never go to. Yeah. And maybe that is maybe that's the equivalent like of a of a trauma or something like mm-hmm. that in our lives, or, or something that's happened to us that we just don't know how to deal with, and so we avoid it. And even to the point where we aren't really aware of it. Oh, fast. You know, like yep. oh, I kind of know I've got mm-hmm. an attic, but I never really go that way, so I don't know. Yeah. You know. I wonder if that might be a another analogy to to consider. In any of those cases, how Jesus approaches is exactly what it's needed. You know, the locked intentional back bedroom, don't go back there, Jesus. And he's like, I know it's back there. I, I need to go there. You yeah. need to let me. Versus, you know, coming with a little kid, like, hey, it might seem scary, but I'm gonna go with you up into that attic and we're gonna we're gonna do it together. You know, they're just how Jesus approaches it yeah. is is what we need, and he's the one who's going to come clean it. And yeah. um, I, and I, I, 
I love that about him. Like he, yeah. he meets us right where we are. He loves us the way that we need to mm-hmm. and does, does what we need him to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I love that you said sometimes we might not even name it. And as we're mm-hmm. pushing into community at church and accountability and things like it might take someone else to come alongside you and be like, Hey, there might be something there, yeah. you yes. know, or maybe they're yeah. not telling you that mm-hmm. you're basically telling them cause they're asking questions about your life you yeah. know, and, you're, and you're allowing the Holy spirit to kind of work in you and convict mm-hmm. you in the, in the places that need attention. And yeah, yeah it's the closer you get in relationship with Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he wants it all. Yes. Yep. And we really like to give him certain pieces of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just stay in the living room. Yeah. The kitchen's fine. Don't go over here though. Yeah. We we do that. And and Jesus, what I what I also appreciate about him, he he's gonna go room to room. He's not gonna, oh, we gotta knock the whole house down or I mean he's not it's not quite like that. He he does he he works patiently. He's he's slow with us and and does what we need when it, when we need it. And he's not in a rush. Um so yeah, he's like, I know about the back bedroom. We'll get there. You know, like there are times when that's the case. Yeah. Um, but I think what what the challenge is for us is sometimes we don't want or we yeah. hold back from yeah. him. And that's the wrong posture. Yeah. Like he he'll give us grace and it's like, okay, you're not ready, that's fine. But he's like, We're gonna get there, you know, and so I'm ready. Yeah, I, I, I want you know, he'll he'll do that. We were trying to yeah. have a short conversation about just like the good things that God has given us, but like sin has tainted them. Mm-hmm. And I wonder yeah. if sometimes there's certain rooms that are that way, but I think the, the, where it becomes a bad thing is like, if Jesus isn't there with you yeah. in that yes. room, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Cause that's why I think we start to separate our personal relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus and like, but I do like to go do this thing over here, but you can't yeah. come with me, Jesus, because yeah. Yeah. I'm a little fearful of what that might look like. Right. Yeah. Don't touch the garage. I like my cars the way that they are. Like, don't go in there. And 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 he's like, you're, no, yeah, I need to go in there. It's not the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the other like potential ways you could think about the analogy is we we try to clean a room the way we think. It's, so we present it right. It's like, oh, if we put the furniture just like this and put a, a, a rug over this part, like then it's clean. It looks clean, but we're just yeah covering it up. Sure. And yeah. that's. That's not what Jesus wants either. He wants to like now it's dirty. We, we got to clean it out. This this doesn't belong, and and so we got to do the deep clean, mm-hmm. um, and not just present it in the right way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really getting all We're that we can out of this houses <laughs> and rooms. People are like, can they seriously move on? Just I know, right? It's like, right like can we not talk about cleaning houses? <laughs> Because then we're all feeling like, oh, my house is so dirty right now. Yeah, we're just like non-Christians listening to this, like, what are they talking about right now? Do they oh. have a cleaning company That's right. at their church? And... No. I, oh, I just – illustrations, all those sorts mm-hmm. of things. and But I don't know. I, social media can be that way for me, man. Like, sure, yeah. It's like yeah. – oh, it has this redeeming quality to it. And like, I can bring Jesus into it. And I've said this before, but like, it's just so, to me, just so toxic. And I just go in seasons of like, we can redeem it. And, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's just from, I I was watching this show, it's called Strange Planet. And someone 
listens to this and thinks I'm terrible, it's fine. It's <laughs> it's not bad, but they make fun of like funny things that we do oh, on okay. Earth and, okay. and things, and like he'll okay. shoot confetti and he goes tiny garbage. Like <laughs> it's like this cartoons and yeah. aliens and stuff. Gotcha. And there's this guy on a video that comes up. He's watching a YouTube video and he's like, yeah. "Don't forget to smash that confirmation button." Oh yeah. <laughs> confirmation. Okay, so actually, sorry. Yeah. Turn that back. He says, don't forget to hit the validation button. Oh, validation. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, that's so good. You know, nice. like, who's like, oh, yeah, our friends like us and things like that. It's like, yep. what's the motivation? What's happening actually yeah. at the heart level when yep. you're receiving likes or you, when you're commenting someone? Like, mm-hmm. if you can really move into that space in a, in a good way. But for me, I found it's, that's like one of those rooms. Is I feel like God's like, yeah, we're actually going to, just not need this room at all yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> not knock it down. We don't need that part of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which comes from we talk about Enneagram, but like me being a four, like the uniqueness thing. Yeah, and sure. like there's validation in a platform like that where I can be unique, and sometimes mm-hmm. I have to make sure that that's foundation isn't like in Jesus first, not like look at this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's I think there are there are different. You mentioned the word motivation, and and I'm drawn to that. In you know a lot of the stuff that we were talking about as um as leadership um and staff things like that like discipleship and like pushing into that particularly with an eye to motivation like i find um there's so many good things that we can do but we can do them in the wrong way and so how do we how do we read the scriptures how do we go to church how do we go to small group and and give like, with all the right motives mm-hmm. and that matters like we can do all the right things in the wrong way so how do we get to that heart? And I think that's, again, where the analogy of cleaning the house, you know, it looks good on the outside, but what's on the inside? Can we, mm-hmm. can we tend to that? Can we let Jesus work at the level of motivation? Yeah. And that's some of what we want to go after and explore and, and, it, and get better That's at. your starting point. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. have to be just Sunday morning or when I'm yes. in small group or when I'm, it's when you're in relationship with your wife, your neighbor, like with your coworker, everything. And mm-hmm. that's what's really beautiful about it. And mm-hmm really that full transformation because that's a nightmare trying to live separate lives and compartmentalizing mm-hmm. yourself into different, this is how I am here. And then there it's. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So tying this, I hate to watch what I do here, tying it back to baptism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, like baptism represents a cleansing. Like that's one, one of the aspects, like we're, we're washed clean mm-hmm. and he's doing that to our hearts. He's doing mm-hmm. that to our motivations. And, and baptism is something we can look back to and say, this is true of me and I'm, I'm growing in becoming what I already am. I'm growing in, in who Jesus has washed me to be and, and at the level of motivation. And so we, we have a cleansed heart and that is, that is salvation. That's, and that's what baptism can picture for us. We're, we're washed clean inside and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that. Like, yeah. yeah, there's some helpful images of, that come with baptism that way. Yeah. Yeah. Any other reflections from the weekend or from conversations yeah. that you had? I think I, um, maybe just want to go back to the fact that like, man, God is working. And I, I kind of look and say, well, man, we had, we had a number of people get baptized and we got more coming. And it kind of feels like we didn't do anything, you know, like what, 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 how did this happen? And that's it. Like God's, mm-hmm. God's just, he's working in people's lives. One particular story, um, it was a very small comment that was made that kind of did it for them. Like it was just an offhand sort of thing that that they're like, 
But that was it. Like that was just what it took for us to like come to like, yep, we need to step forward. We need to be baptized. Like, hmm. whoa. And and it was. It was no nothing. Just kind of along the way, and probably didn't seem like an important big big thing. But yeah, that's that's what God used. And it's so important man. for us to constantly do our best to discern and hear from the Holy Spirit and encourage people in different kinds of ways. Cause I'm sure that's probably what it was for them. Like someone heard yep. the Lord say something, I should say this, this person yeah. or whatever. And they fall through with it Boom. and that's life changing for yeah. that person. And yeah. Yep. Yep. And it, and the pressure's not on us. Like again, yeah, it's, God's doing it. We're just, we're along for the ride and yeah. we get to see some of the fruit of it. Um, yeah. But can we just, Continually offer. Well, I don't know if this will be meaningful or helpful, but yeah, I'll just I think I'll share something here. Or, you know, such a good posture. Yeah. I have to pray for that posture in the morning, and it's yeah. not because I'm not capable of it. And it, sure, but we just get distracted so quickly yeah. and just oh, kind of yeah. yeah back to yep. <laughs> I mean, everything and culture and informs us to be self indulgent and worried about ourselves first. And really I have to pray in the mornings like God help me be others focused today mm-hmm. and really be a good listener and really yes. try to hear yes. people because yep. that is what matters. And I, yeah. I, I want to be helpful in that sort of way. Yep. Um, but it's intentionality on our part. Yeah. And that's the word. Um, we've, we've been gravitating towards that word a lot. Intentionality. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, it's not something we can just kind of drift into. Mm-hmm. We gotta be intentional. We can, and we can't make it happen either. It's not on our strength. We talk about that a lot. But if we're intentional about Lord, help me. Like I'm, I'm choosing consciously to ask for this, and I'm trusting that you're going to give it, rather than oh, just going along the way, and hopefully it'll kind of happen. Like that intentionality, I think, is really, really where God's like, yes, this is where I'm going to work mm-hmm. in, in an incredible way. So, yeah, love it, love yeah. it. Well, awesome, guys. I think it's all we got for you, unless you have something else you want to talk about. This next week's going to be awesome. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, so we're picking back up in the flow of the letter, but now we get to the real heart of what Paul's been like, kind of building towards. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this coming message on Sunday, and uh, we really get to like the heartbeat of, of chapter two and what Paul really wants to, to communicate. Um, so yeah. The letter's going to be awesome moving forward. It already has been, but he really gets to like his point, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be cool just for us to trace out the rest of the way through Colossians and and really explore what this deeply rooted kind of faith in Jesus looks like. So yeah, yeah I'll big, just put that plug there. Big weekend at New Life. Make sure you come to Fall Fest on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I heard from four to seven p.m. here at four hundred one West Edgewood. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Six one five five zero. Be there or be square. That's right. All right, everyone. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.